A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to Respect Our Decision podcast. This is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party edition. As always, guys, I've got Mike with me. What's going on? And our hype man, Wes. What's up, Gator Nation? Yes, sir. Got a jam-packed episode for y'all, as always, this week. Got a lot of things to talk about all across the board. Want to go ahead and remind y'all, as always, go ahead and download us wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all your major providers. Want to go ahead and make sure y'all go ahead and check us out on YouTube. Respect our decision. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. Leave a comment. Want to pre- give y'all a big shout out and appreciation for giving us our highest viewed YouTube video ever this week. Pressing up around 400 uh Views now. It's been a big week for us on that front, guys, and we can't uh, say enough how much we appreciate all the love. As always, y'all are helping us grow this thing, and that's what we're looking to do is just grow it bigger and better for y'all all the time. As always, guys, if you would like to support us as creators, you can support us on Patreon at Respect Our Decision. Um, and as always, each and every dollar we make from this, we put back into the podcast to be able to uh, make better content for you guys. Um, big shout out to Patreon Brandon Stewart this week. Thank you for your support. We also want to give a big shout out to our boy Connor Clark last week for coming on with us and all the amazing insight that Connor always provides. Make sure you go check out Connor, SIL Gators, and the uh, Varsity Podcast on the Roll Up Network. 
Connor does a tremendous job covering recruiting and all things Gator football. So make sure you check him out. And uh, before we get on with the episode, guys, want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Camwood Supplements. Make sure you go to camwoodsupplements.com for your, you know, get your good clean supplements for your workout, your post-workout, and uh, get your greens for your digestive health. Once again, I can't say enough about the products. I've used them all. Phenomenal products. Make sure you use code RESPECT20. Save 20% on your first purchase. And with that being said, guys, we're going to jump right into it, man. We got a lot to talk about tonight. All the way from recruiting down to the dirty dogs, man. It's it's a big week. A lot of stuff happening. Not just on the football field, but... um. You know, every week, first thing we do, we try to bring to y'all our Under the Lights segment. Wes is going to give y'all a rundown of what our commits and targets did under the lights Friday night. And as always, you can catch that thread every Friday night on our Twitter page at RespectOurDCN. Go check it out. Wes, what you got, brother? Appreciate it, Hirsch. Um, We got some guys that we hadn't talked about in a while. I uh, want to give you some guys, some updates on these guys uh, we're going to start first with Eugene Wilson. Uh, he was out injured uh, for a couple weeks, and he came back with a huge night on Friday. Uh, Eugene had nine receptions for 243 yards and three touchdowns. So that kid, uh, uh, I know some fans were kind of you know down when we lost Creed, but Eugene is going to be a big addition to this wide receiver class that we've talked about. Uh, Mike's boy, Casey, did a – Hell of a job getting him into this class along with the other wide receivers. So uh, shout out to Eugene for his phenomenal night uh, last Friday. Uh, Eugene, uh, Eugene, excuse me, Jaheim Jackson, uh, the corner uh, in our class. Uh, he had five tackles and interception in, in a win. So shout out to Jaheim Jackson for uh, another one of the corners uh, in, in what we feel like we needed to uh, get back as far as uh, our secondary, uh, getting a lot of young, uh, talented guys. So Jakeem is part of that uh, class coming in. Uh, Will Norman, uh, D-tackle, he had five tackles and three tackles for loss uh, in, in a win um, himself. So shout out to Will Norman. Uh, he had a good night on Friday. Uh, a 2024 commit, uh, Chauncey Bowens, our running back. Uh, we're probably going to take two running backs in 24 class, but the one that we have in there now, uh, he had 130 yards and three TDs. Uh, he's a, uh, a phenomenal, uh, a good back, uh, a good addition to the class. So, uh, he will be paired with someone else, but he had a great night on Friday as well. Um, a couple updates on some injuries, Aiden Mizell, uh, he's still recovering from a knee injury, so he's not playing. He was one of the, uh, guys that we thought, uh, with the great senior, senior season that he would move up, uh, in the rankings, but he hasn't played, uh, much, uh, this senior, his senior years, but. Hey, another good wide receiver that we have coming into class. Um, another injury update, uh, Aaron Gates. Um, he tore his ACL early in the year, for those who didn't know. So he's been out as well. So those are two guys that uh, that are in the classes for a secondary wide receiver, uh, two of our most prominent positions that we feel like needed to be overhauled uh, that were out on injury as far as their senior years uh, um, considered. So uh, you guys – Hirsch, might you guys got anybody you want you want to highlight or talk about or you know mention or anybody that I don't even put on this list? Um, just a few other quick notes. Uh, Marcus Stokes' niece team was on a bye this week, so he didn't play as well. Um, Trayvon Webb and uh, Trinity they played a very very 
vastly inferior opponent. So a lot of the starters in that game did not play. So Trayon Webb actually did not play this week due to uh, coaches making the decision there. They wanted to get a lot of the younger guys some playing time. And uh, I just want to uh, kind of spoke on this previously uh, a few shows ago. So extremely excited to see uh, what Eugene does does with us year one because I definitely think he sees the field. Doesn't no retro involved without a doubt. Um, I'm sure that injury stuff will hurt him as far as rankings go going forward. I mean, unless he just absolutely has a game like he had this week, every week going forward, um, they tend to hold injuries against players in their rankings more often than not. I know a lot of people were hoping that Eugene could get up in that top 50, top 30 range, but it'll probably be a hit or miss with that. And like I said, unless he just absolutely – has a blow up performance every week, which he's capable of. So, speaking of what you said about injuries, just a little short tidbit, just like I, we always kept saying when Treon Well was on his list last year, I think Treon might have been like top 50 uh, in the, two in the years country ago. two years ago. Yeah. yeah, top 50. And then he had an injury uh, field uh, sophomore year and it kind of dropped him uh, in his junior year. So, uh, good. That that's why I kept harping on him having this great senior season. So maybe hopefully he gets his ranking back to where he was originally before the injury uh, his junior year. Yep, a lot of things going on with these kids. A lot of kids having great uh, great weeks and helping their team get a lot of big W's. We got a lot of talent coming in, and with that, we're going to segue, guys, because we're going to talk about the recruiting aspect of things right now. And um, Florida Gator recruiting is hot. Like, um, woo, turn up the heat, Ricky Bobby said. Um, you know what I mean? Um, big time news this week, guys. And I'm not talking about the next piece, I'm talking about what happened first. Roderick Kearney, offensive tackle, committed to Florida State, flipped to the Florida Gators this week. Huge flip for Billy Napier, Rob Sale, and the, and the Florida Gator offensive staff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, number 123 uh, overall recruit in the composite rankings. Um, a, a kid that probably projects as a guard at the next level more than a tackle, but this is a big time get. And I know, uh, I know a certain member of this show is um excited to see that happen. He's been uh he's had Coach Sales back the entire time. Mike, I know you're pleased. The um, not only sale and just the whole O line coaching staff as a unit. I've you know Coach Stapleton as well. Shout out. Yeah, even the assistants behind them, the support staff. I've uh, I've held strong. I've never wavered. Um, unlike some of my colleagues here, um, it's true. I'll eat that. I, I, hey, look. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not here to gloat. I, I no, am. never. But I mean. <laughs> It, it, like I said, just with Casey, you know, he's got to hold strong. They, they develop guys. Are gonna, you know, they're going to show. Um, Billy has a plan as well, but they're going to show, hey, we're going to run the ball. Um, hard nose unit, Osiris, going to be a potential day one, definitely day two pick. And uh, hey, follow the visits, man. You know, like I said, I, just, I never waver. You, you guys are, you know, freaking out. What's, you know, what's going on with, you know, the board? Hey, let it, let it work itself out. All right. And it's. I'm just saying. So, and now we just got a top 200 kid. So, and we're very much 
in yeah, the like, hunt for a like top you. for a for a five star offensive tackle. And Sampson, I can't say his right last name correctly. Y'all are gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> let's, just, let's just call him Numa, I can't say his last name. Y'all just have to forgive me. But spell this is a spell it. <laughs> this is a top fifteen prospect in the country, guys, and the interest is real. It's not just a one way. We're reaching out to him. He's he's talking to us. So as always, got to get him on campus. It's you know talking on the telephone. Text messages are good. Got to get him on campus. If he makes a visit, all bets are off, and then we'll really see what happens. But that leads to the next piece of gigantic news, guys. We are in what we like to call Mary Cormani Eve. <laughs> Tomorrow, the big fish, number two overall recruit in the country, Cormani McLean, commits. And all signs point to the Gators. Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed here at the zero hour to find anybody that would – uh make an argument um, that he goes elsewhere other than some fans uh, south of Gainesville. They're still holding out hope. He doesn't, he either comes to them or goes to Bama, um, maybe a certain individual in Polk County, but um, enough about that. (laughs) Um, This is huge guys. This is, this is looks to be the biggest commit Florida's got. And I think, since, Since uh, Martez Ivy, Ivy um, yep. that's it. Whew. What do we say, guys? I mean, what 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 are, we've talked about Cormani? I probably since the very first episode, Cormani was the guy that pretty much every one of us said that's a must get. Kid's been a Gator fan his whole life. Um, Ahmad Black is his, his position coach at a Florida Gator stronghold in Lakeland. It was a can't miss, and it looks like Billy got the job done, guys. What are your thoughts? End of the day, another uh, episode of stuff and Nick, Nicholas Saban in a locker. I mean, I, I wish I could say I was surprised. Um, I mean, just overall, we were just doing it for now. It's up um, other position players, but um, it's uh, hey, just if he needs to learn if it's, if it's a DB in the state of Florida and Corey Raymond wants him, he's unavailable. So it's just. Uh, I'm glad to see Napier is truly putting his uh, foot down. And it's also uh, it's a statement, uh, not only in the SEC, but nationally as well. We've spoken that uh, recently with Connor. And it's good. anytime you get arguably, well, he's the number two player in the country, but arguably the best player in the country, it's going to um, open up the national recruiting scene to you and get all eyes on you. And that's also going to get other players to look up look to you as well, knowing that he is on board officially at, um, even if, you know, sometimes kids, you know, they're in text groups like, Hey, I'm silently committed. Well, that's worthless sometimes. But like when you get a player to Cormani's um, level, he's been at a top tier for a couple of years now. It, it gets other, gets other kids looking at, at your school this year and next. Yeah. I mean, you Corey Raymond, uh, you Billy Napier, you talk about how recruiting is important. You have the number two, I consider the number one player. We know who the number one player is considered, but we 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 yep. all us disagree with Arch Manning being the number one player. So uh, but that's neither here nor there. Kamani is the number two player in the country by all recruiting sites. So 
you got to get this guy. If you're going to talk about recruiting and this guy's in your backyard and Hirsch mentioned Ahmad Black, Lakeland High School, all that stuff, you got this. You have to you have to seal this deal. And we talked about it from the very first episode. It was all through the summer, all through the fall. Now here, uh, the big day tomorrow. You had to get this guy to show, like we talked about, that this is something that will change the uh, the landscape. We have a great uh, DB class, and this is just adding to that spectacular class. We all see the play on the field. We all know that uh, we need a change there. So to add this kid, uh, the number two player in the country, number one DB in the country, is just uh, phenomenal. So big kudos to uh, Billy for sealing this when, once it happens tomorrow and Corey Raymond as well. That's why you got Corey Raymond on your staff. Yeah, one final thing. We were talking um, earlier on about, yes, this is nice getting, you know, the Kelby Collins, the Mizells of the world. But you need you're, you're if you want to make that next step, you're going to need these top 10, 5, 15, 20 players to truly, um, make, like I said, make that next step in the um, tier uh, recruiting tier. So you can't get to recruiting tier one, you know, the UGAs, the Ohio States of the world, unless you, you know, truly jump into tier two. So and right now we're not quite up to the up, upper echelon with Notre Dame and Clemson and everything, but we're, you know, with Cormani, I think we're, I have to do the class calculator, but we'll possibly jump them. So, you know, we're well on our way and um, more, more to come. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't overstate the importance as both of y'all hit on. I mean, this is just huge. This is, this is the signature recruit for Billy Napier up to this point. Um, So with that, though, came another little piece of news that dropped on Saturday, the 22nd, and that was what was arguably the top player in the 24 class, another five-star cornerback, Desmond Ricks, reclassified to the 2023 class. And this really makes things interesting, guys. I mean, um. <clears throat> Mike just made a comment a second ago. If you're a DB, top DB in the state of Florida, um, you know, Corey Raymond is saying you're mine. Well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, there had been rumors up until this happened that if Rick's reclassified, that would be bad for Florida. And by bad for Florida, I meant if Florida got Cormani because there were a lot of people that said Cormani and Ricks are not going to be in the same class. That's two alpha corners. Um, They're probably not going to play together, but some things happened along the way. One being the Florida Gator secondary room looked like a hot barn fire. Um, You know, (laughs) there are positions to be had all over the field. So you could be two alpha elite DBs and come in and see the field sooner than later. Um, some have said LSU was in this. Some have said Bama leads this. He's visiting FSU this weekend. He's been to Florida quite a few times. He was here Friday night light weekend. Uh, Billy made a absolute point to meet every member of his family when they arrived at the new uh, facility and got to know each and every one of them. And Rick's raved about how, important that was to him he was here last weekend uh the weekend before last i'm sorry for the lsu game um 
we're in this thing, guys. I don't care what anybody says on a message board or whatever right now. We're in it until we're not. And um, and it may getting Ricks may mean losing a Jackson or Denson. Or Gates. I I hard I have a hard time seeing them dropping Gates with the injury. We'll see. I, we've seen it happen before, so um Annie Annie has been looking at Michigan quite a while. Annie has been looking around. And that might be writing on the wall. That might be writing on the wall as well. He may know. That's Gates for those who don't know. We're talking about Gates that's in the class. Aaron Aaron Gates committed to Dan Mullen. Um, Yeah. And 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 and, and our DB coaches, you know, Tony and and Raymond like Gates, but you take a Ricks 10 out of 10 times twice on Sunday, whatever the saying is, you take Ricks over anybody and not named Cormani McLean. We, uh, I want to say this point before we move on. Uh, we have to get out of that mindset uh, as Florida fans. I've, I've had it too with PTSD that we can only get one guy. If you, look at, if you look at Bama's class, as far as DB, I'm just talking DB, they have, they have a couple guys in the class. Uh, I think AJ, Tony Mitchell's over there. AJ Harris is at Georgia. So if they're in it and he doesn't want to play with Kamani, then why would he want to play with uh, AJ Harris at Georgia? Or uh, I think I forgot the other DB that Bama has over there. So we're still in this. So I don't want to hear that. Th- these are new times for us. So st- I, we have court, like Mike's point, we have the best DB coach, Corey Remy, in the country. So stop saying we can only get Kermani, uh, and then we'll lose on Riggs. I don't believe that because this is a new era, new coach, new the best DB coach in the country. So we, I, I believe we have a, a big chance of getting Riggs. Why wouldn't he want to play with Kermani if he's on the other side? They're not – DBs two two to three DBs on the field all the time, so he's not competing directly with Kamardi. He can have the other corner spot. So those are the things that we have to think about as Florida fans. To stop, I know PTSD from recruiting in the past uh, it has has uh, infiltrated a lot of us, but we have to get out of that mindset and think big. And you, you to pick back off that really quick, West um, at a different position, running back who also plays multiple players. I'll put them on the field. Uh, Bama's got the number two and number three running back in the country. So there you go. Leave it at that. <laughs> well put, guys. Well, great points on all fronts. Um, like I said, we're in this thing until somebody, until Desmond Rick says we're not in this thing. And I don't think he's saying that um, from what I've heard. Um, we'll let it play out. We'll see how it goes. But that could just be another absolutely ridiculous piece to this class that Billy's building. Um, so with some good news comes a little bit of a uh, shaky news. And um, with that being said, Caden McDonald, personal favorite of this podcast um, is looking like that might be on shaky ground right now. The defensive tackle out of Georgia, the nose, the true nose tackle that Mike has wanted um, only <laughs> no, not, we don't have a nose tackle. Let's let's, um, let's not act like we have one. Right now, nobody has a read on this kid. Nobody. Um, Ohio State fans or people in Ohio State's insiders say they don't know. Clemson insiders aren't saying a whole lot. Our guys are saying it's not looking great on our front right now, but we're still in it. Um. This is going to be one that on Halloween we're just going to have to keep our fingers crossed and and hope that where he wakes up that morning and has a 
you know, oh, I have to be at the University of Florida moment because right now it's kind of we're just it looks like we might be on the outside looking in. And I know that contradicts what we were saying a couple of weeks ago. Um, but apparently this kid has a ha, is one of those that tells every staff something really good and and gives them the warm and fuzzies everywhere he goes. So uh, and there's you know, there's more to it. But, Mike, you got something you want to add? Yeah, I mean it's huge and huge whiff on if this if this occurs, okay? It's a must get. Uh, uh, it, the mother loves Florida, so I already got the mom. So that's at this point. Um, once again, we don't we don't have any. I mean, we have some other backup plans, but in terms of true noses, um, you got the one that committed to South Carolina. You can always circle back around him, to him, but I'm not a big fan of him. I know Wes isn't either, um, but. You know, even hypothetically, if hypothetically, if we get John Walker, he's on a true nose. Yes, he can play, but I think you're, you know, taking away some of his uh, penetration capabilities if you do put him in nose. McClellan, not a true nose. I think he, once again, he's some more, more um, you're taking away some of his penetration capabilities. So we do not have a nose. This class is not full of noses. So I think it, we have a phenomenal defensive line class, and it, it's—I'm sorry, it's, it, it's I, ridiculous. I, I'll take it's ridiculous. Take you're Connor. We need a deal. We need a, a nose tackle. I'm sorry. So at this point, I'll take a developmental nose who I know will be at least good in two to three years. And I guess we have to get transfers because our D line coach does hypothetically doesn't know how to get nose tackles. So I'm going to go back on my rants. Um, I don't know if the, if we talk about true noses, the only nose that I think he, he and because I agree with you, we need a nose in the class. I never said that we didn't need one. I think uh, to something that you and kind of kind of address, uh, if we got a nose, whether whoever it may have been, to have somebody come in and we, I think we always had to go to the portal to get somebody to, to be able to play Absolutely. next year behind Watson. So to me, we have to do that. So to get a, if we get a developmental guy, that'll be fine. Uh, I think McDonald might have been the only true nose uh, in this class that as far as highly rated guy, and, and McDonald's not that highly rated, even though we feel like he's underrated uh, in the class. So uh, we still have to go, whether we got McDonald or not, we both, we all three can agree that we still had to hit the portal to get somebody to play behind Desmond Watson next year, especially if Chris yes. McCollin goes sl- can slide into the Dexter, uh, the Gavon, if Dexter, Leaves, we can see McCullough sliding to, to Dexter's spot. Maybe I'm I'm saying if Gavon leaves, yeah, that's a big um, if. <laughs> yeah, so if if you were to leave, you would prefer to have maybe even though McCullough can play uh, the nose, you prefer him to be in Dexter's position. Same thing with Walker, who we hope we flip. Uh, kind of did tell us last week that he can, even though he can play the nose as well, like McCullough, his best attribute is probably getting up the field. So uh, McDonald's probably the only two nose in this class. So uh, I've thought we had a shot at him. We probably still do have a shot because, like her said, we don't know where he's going uh, at this point in time. So, uh, it's a, it's probably... a literally a coin flip at this point, and I just don't have a good feeling about it. That's all I'm going to really yeah. say. Yeah, and I leave that alone. Said it. Everybody it else – go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. This is the last thing. There's a re- Once again, McClellan. But um, there's a reason we're getting shredded on, 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 uh, with, with the run right now. Well, guys, let's 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 um 
one final topic we're going to talk about before we get off of recruiting and because it's kind of a hot topic in the uh, big three circles right now and I kind of want to get our opinions on it. So as we've noticed, Miami's a steaming pile of garbage right now um, and not just the uniforms that they, they you know, had made out of trash. Um, and the word on the streets is their commits are starting to reach out to other schools and vice versa, that uh, contact is being made by schools seeing if they would like to uh, better their standing. And one of those names is our old friend, Jaden Rashada. Um, many people have said that his people have never stopped calling us, uh, that we've had conversations with them, vice versa, yada, yada. So I want to pose this question. We know what we have in Marcus Stokes. Um, he is what he is. He's a stash and hope he grows quarterback. He's three years probably from being anything remotely serviceable on the college level. If Jaden Rashada calls tomorrow and says, I want to be a Florida Gator. Do you take that call? You mean to go first, Mike? Or are you going to go first? I mean, go. I mean, you can take the call. I mean, would I, but I'm more like, would I accept the commitment? Yes. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I, I, what's we're missing a variable here that's very important is DJ Labway. So is DJ Labway. But that's, and that's part of it. You're absolutely okay, well, right. It, that's what I'm, go ahead. I can, DJ I can Labway is projected to commit in January as of today. Okay. So, I mean, I'll hit both variables. If he's okay with it, as he should be, I mean, I'm going to say should. Most quarterbacks are okay with it. Um, so, if he, if he is okay with the commitment, I'd obviously take it. If you are going to turn down a quarterback commit, I'm sorry. I would, I would like to know why. Because it makes no sense. You don't turn down talent. The kid's talented. Still the number 56 he, composite player in the country. As and, of today. He, and, and the issue was, going into it, he was not accurate. Well, he exponentially increased his accuracy. So the True. kid was never an issue. It was never an attitude issue. It was his handlers. Okay? So if you're going to turn down talent, you don't want to win. All right? So moving forward, now, if I had to pick Lagway over, or him, I'm picking Lagway. Lagway is more accomplished. He, he seems like he's more... Uh, Ready, uh, uh, year one ready, polished, yeah. and uh, yeah, more polished as well. So, in smart money would say AR is coming back, so you're good for that one year. And if worst case scenario, you got to get another quarterback transfer, um, in the portal, you're not comfortable with Miller. I know I'm not because he's from the state of Arizona, and, and it is what it is. Uh, it's a call space right here. Um, I would just go portal hunting for a year, so we're okay. not going to Natty next year, so. I'm at the point where it doesn't matter what DJ says. And this is what I, what I mean by that, because we got to wait for him to commit in January. If he's going to commit to us today, then that's different. We don't know. You don't know if he's going to commit to us in January or not. He may say, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. And then he goes and picks Clemson or Texas A&M. Then you miss on Rashada. We, we don't have time for that. I don't have time to be with people. If he gives if he guarantees us, yeah, if he guarantees us I come in, but that may be another thing, but I'm not in the whatever. If you look at Kirby, he stocks five-star at the five-star quarterback. Now, he may misuse, exactly. he may misuse his quarterbacks and has uh, the walk-on Stetson Bennett out there, 
but he recruits five-star quarterback after five-star quarterback. Clemson over there. They got uh was Vizaina coming, and then they got the they had the number one quarterback uh, club play this Saturday. So if he's gonna go to Clemson, he's gonna play behind two top highly rated quarterbacks. And you scared of Jaden Rashad? Nah. I don't care about what DJ has to say at this point in time because we, we can't afford to be waiting. This is a talent acquisition business. And if DJ is who we think it is, then we gotta then then you should have no fear of that guy. You definitely can't go to Clemson and talk about you play, that they have the number one QB and uh I gonna butcher his name, Viziana in this class, current class. So which is highly which is rated higher than uh Rashada. So where are you gonna go? Jimbo has a, a bonfire over there. What would you call that? A, a hot bonfire in Texas AM. So that's where you wanna go? <laughs> so my thing is to Mike's point, we have to get talent. So to me, DJ waiting to January does is not gonna make me stop and say I don't want to get uh Jaden Rashada because we, we don't know. You playing the what if? We both know recruiting is uh is uh fluid, uh is in influx. We just talked about Kate McDonald. We thought we were the front runner from him. We we don't know where he's going now. We don't have time for all that, man. Nah. No, I, not, I'm that's not actually for a great it. point you brought up. What would you say though? Quarterback is a very different position. Like if if you got a committed quarterback, it take one visit, likelihood they're gone. So that being said, what I mean, what if it's a done deal behind the scenes, right? And you can, and this will be the final point on this. And I'll, I'll pick, um, I'll give you, uh, let you finish it, Wes. If it's a done deal behind the scenes, but it's just he's waiting for a particular time frame, like January second. Okay, cool, it's done. So he is committed, but he's, it's just for whatever reason he's waiting. Are you okay with that? Because right now it's just public. Like there's certain. I'm not going to bring the name names up. I know certain com- gotcha. kids right now that are committed. We're just waiting on a set date. Yeah, I know, I, I, and I'm with that. It's so just, what? that scares me, man. Let me just say this: I always take a bird in the hand. Um, like you said, Lagway's still going to visit. He visited Clemson last week. He's going to visit uh, uh, Jimbo's Marshmallow Roast this weekend. Um, time to go Friday night. Then he's going. Yeah, go go see the overall boys. Then he's going to see uh, Lincoln Riley out at USC. That one, you know, talk about a man that stockpiles quarterbacks. Um, I always am good with a bird in the hand. If you can get a top 60 quarterback today, I have a hard time saying you don't take that quarterback. I I just – nothing – the biggest phrase in recruiting is nothing's ever for sure in recruiting. Except that Will Levis is terrible <laughs> at football. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's about it for the recruiting for this week. Um, make sure everybody tunes in tomorrow night. Cormani's ceremony is taking place between six and eight. I don't know a hard time on when he's going to commit. Um, I would take the uh, the later portion of that. If it's six to uh, eight, I would say it's going to be closer to eight for sure. Um, but I don't know that I'm sure people will be posting the links and I'll try to make sure once I have a link for it, I will post it on our Twitter account for anybody that follows us. So they can go ahead and follow that ceremony for Cormani McClain um, tomorrow. His mom posted it. Uh, the other day. I put it on the Facebook page. I'll shoot it to you so you can upload it to. Absolutely. Um, we'll make sure everybody that follows us has a, has an opportunity to get that information from us. 
Um, so guys, it's UGA hate week. So it's time to start talking about those damn dirty dogs. <laughs> Mike, hit us with some information. Yeah, first and foremost, to hell with Georgia. <laughs> now, uh, moving on to the outlook. The uh, Yeah, for Kirby Smart, he's in his seventh season um, as having a bowl cut as the head coach of the University of Georgia. He's a record of 73-15 and 15 that are uh, defending national champs uh, due to uh, knee injuries for uh, Alabama receivers, but that's neither here nor there. In July, he actually signed a 10-year, $112.5 million contract, making him the highest-paid coach in the country this season. Uh, this year, they are 7-0, ranked number one in the country, and they um, right now they're 56 in the strength of schedule. The notable games they play this year are Oregon, uh, they where they won uh, 49-3, but keep in mind that was a Bo Nix-led football team, and also a friendly reminder that Bo Nix is bad at football. Now uh, the other one, this this one was a uh, this one I had uh, they scared a lot of Georgia fans. So the, the Missouri got a lot of pressure on Seth and Bennett, made it extremely uncomfortable and nearly caused a major upset. Came down to the wire, a couple controversial call, no calls actually, and uh, it was a uh, Missouri definitely could have won that ball game. Now for some impact players. Uh, for, Probably their arguably their best player is going to be J, defensive tackle Jalen Carter. He's a future top five, even top um, top future top ten, even top five pick. He's doubtful for the doubtful for the game with a sprained MCL. He's missed the last two games actually as well. Also, you know, wide receiver AD Mitchell once again doubtful uh, uh, ankle. And just this is from Stetson Bennett showed the level of importance of this receiver. He's he's one of the best receivers in the country, if not the best. We've missed them. I'm hoping to get them back. Also, um, uh, fortunately, I have these two uh, animals, tight end Brock Bowers and tight end Darnell Washington. Washington is about 6'7", 270, and uh, Bowers is a four, runs like 4'5", 40 with 40-inch vertical. QB, Stetson Bennett, defensive end, Nolan Smith, former number one overall recruit in the country. Underperformed throughout his career, but he's definitely a uh, future NFL potential starter. And at the money position, you have a uh, Jamon Dumas, Dumas, whatever, and uh, Johnson. It's a leader at the linebacker position, and he's the, their best blitzer. And strong safety, Chris Smith, captain of the secondary. Now, so, some of the um, additional injuries: um, Small Mondin, linebacker, and running back Kendall Milton, who is a uh, questionable. A little tidbits. We got their defense still good, but nowhere near last year's historic unit. Bennett has proven to be even more vulnerable with this year's team. He's he's is a talented quarterback, but he's more of a game manager. So, like Missouri, if you get him out of his comfort zone, he's this team is once again, like I said, very vulnerable. Uh, going back to that tight end combination with Bowers and Washington, they are just. Absolute nightmares with their size and speed combination. Just to, if it was just one, it'd be a lot easier, obviously. But you know, having both of them, and you know, the fact that Washington can be in line, help help with the run game, and can flex out Bowers as a receiver. Not obviously, he's not pitched, but you know, utilize him at like out out wide X Y position. It makes their offense very flexible. Now, both the the O line and the running backs aren't what. 
UGA usually puts out, they're very, it's usually a strength of the team. Um, it's more of a down year in regards to this. Now, in regards to the running back, they don't really have a primary running back, more of a running back by committee, similar to Billy's approach. You don't really know to kind of go with a hot hand. And uh, Dejon Edwards, Dick Kendall Milton, once again, um, questionable. Kenny McIntosh and Branson Robinson are going to be four backs there. And, and Kenny McIntosh, he's actually he's a very uh, talented two-way back there. He actually lead second in receptions uh, on the team with 28. Now, Wes, I got a couple questions on there for you. The well, starting out uh, for the Inca UGA uh, UGA's D line can apply pressure to uh, rattle sets of minute at all. Well, you mean to my AR? No, uh, UGA's D line sets of minute. Can UGA's D line rattle sets of minute? You mean rattle AR? He's saying, can our defensive line. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you said, can UGA's D line. My we're bad. On UGA. We're on UGA. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cox has to finish. Uh, we a lot of times see Cox get in the backfield, and sometimes those mobile quarterbacks kind of get away from him. But we he needs help too. I need to see more people in the backfield with him, not just him, um, doing because he does a hell of a job getting back there. Uh, but he needs to finish it. Maybe if he misses, then that's what the second guy can clean up. Uh, you know, a lot of times D linemen get their sacks because the first guy might miss, but you run him into the second guy. So we need uh, a lot of team uh, uh, effort from our D line. All right. And uh, just one last thing about that. One matchup to truly watch out for is going to be Keely Ringo, their uh, star corner, which Justin Shorter, who is number 10 in SEC with, in yardage. So if a shorter can, you know, take take advantage of that uh, matchup, that's something definitely to look out for and help the offense tremendously. So, uh, Wes, you want to finish this off? Yeah, I wanted to talk about their defense and as far as a, uh, as a unit, as far as them applying pressure, as far as uh, – I don't I want fans to think that even though we, like, stated – you just stated that they're not the same defense from last year, but they're still good. The thing is they can be had. I watched – uh, a lot of football on Saturday. I have a couple TVs up, so I don't just watch Florida. And of course, I watch Georgia just because I want them to lose. But you know that this game this weekend is basically uh, usually our biggest game on the schedule. So I've seen South Carolina, I've seen Missouri uh, move the ball, uh, but we saw what happened with uh, what's the guy's name from Arizona that's the quarterback for USC, Mike? What's his name? I, I want you to call it because you. Spencer Rattler, who uh, yes, yeah, Spencer Rattler, that who's guy from, who's, who's from the state of Arizona, <laughs> so he's not a good football player. <laughs> yeah, they move the ball, but move, when they move the ball, um, they just didn't finish. We saw that against Missouri in the game they should have lost. So the the, the key for us, it, it, to me, is we can, we'll be able to move the ball uh, against them. We just have to finish drives off, and I see a lot of fourth down conversions in this game. So I just want to talk about their defense, and I, I think they can be had. Like you said, they're not the defense from last year. But they're still really, really, really good, and they're really, really sound, uh, especially in the back seven. They're just not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I want to see Mike's O-line do their job this weekend. All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk about a few things with UF real quick. Um, Depth chart came out right before we went live on this, and um, nothing really subsequently changed. Uh, 
best news of the day is Osiris Torrance is back from injury. It's not listed on the injury report at all. So that's a tremendous positive. Devin Moore is still out with a lower leg injury. Uh, Dewan Black still out with a lower leg injury. Um, but as far as that, I mean, going into a UGA week, guys, we're really healthy. I mean, as healthy as we've been in a long, long time going into this game. So injuries aren't an excuse. I know we've liked to play that uh, card before, but that's not a that's not a card we can play this week. So that's about all that kind of information that's come out up to this point. Um, right now, what we're going to do, guys, is what we do every week, our pick six. <clears throat> the pick six being uh, three things from each of us that the Gators need to do to beat UGA and three things that we need to avoid versus UGA. So right now, we're going to go ahead and go with the first of the pick six, which is what we need to do to beat UGA. Mike, hit us with it. Contain those monsters at the tight end position. Uh, oh boy! Oh boy! What? That's that's the scary thought. Yeah. Um. What's yeah? What's really scary is our line. <laughs> well, Ventral Miller, as much as you know, Grady is leader of the defense. Not great at coverage. Um. So trust in Bernie. Um. He has the athletic ability to stick with him, but it's. No one can guard Brock Bowers. I'm going to call a spade a spade. He's one of the best players to call football. And if I could sign a waiver for him to go to the draft this year, I really would. Um, Darnell Washington has unfortunately proved me wrong and actually become, become a competent. Um, Not just an offensive I, tackle at, at, anymore. <laughs> I mean, to my credit, I mean, if you pull, pull some uh, goal line high point videos and it, it's – it was warranted, um, but anyways, he's a, he is a uh, he is a vertical threat, and so it's very just both these both these uh, tight ends they can just they don't need the receivers they just run the ball and these tight ends will obliterate us. So if you can contain, you know, keep Bowers under eighty yards, keep uh, Washington under fifty yards, we can easily and win this. Watch ball. him in the red zone. Yeah, watch them in the red zone because they don't have the receivers. They're nicked up at running back. Their their O line is not what it usually is. And Stetson Bennett is he's a game manager. That's all he all he truly is. So, Wes, what do the Gators need to do to beat Georgia? Stop making third and long. Look like third. Stop making it. Yeah, stop oh. making third. <laughs> stop making third and long. Look like third and calls on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we gotta. Uh, I said this against uh, we play LSU, and and uh, I have some I feel like I'm jinxing us by saying it again, but continue to do what we do on first and second down and finish the job, finish the job on third down, make third and long feel like third and long. Uh, we gotta play our areas and play team defense, communicate well, and just stop playing hero ball in the secondary. I expect improvement, I will see improvement. And we would do what we need to do on third down because if we don't, it's going to be a long day. Wes, I'm not going to lie. I think you might have had it right the first time before you pause. Maybe we should stop getting in the third and long. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. Maybe maybe third and four, or third and three is where the where a hot spot is. Maybe we need to to do more of Jeez. that, and then we can press up a little bit more and not give these huge coverage gaps. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you can't right. play off, hard playoff ball during two. Um, mine is we need to get pressure on Stetson early and often. Um, as Mike brought up, Missouri did a fantastic job of that when they played. Uh, got lots of pressure on Stetson. Made him make some really bad throws. A lot of uh behind the receiver throws. Don't give those tight ends time to get open down the field. Um, but with you know, I, I'll cover that in my void. But you just uh, Cox, Gervon, uh, Princely, all these guys need to have the game of their lives basically, um, and just be in that backfield. But be smart the entire game. All right, guys. Three things we need to avoid against UGA. Wes, you lead us off this time. Uh, the three things we need to avoid. The fir- the one for you. <laughs> the knockout blow. Uh, if you're Georgia, the, what you want to do is put your foot on our throats and, and kill our will. Uh, so we have to be able to, if they go down and score in the first, we, we on defense first and say, let's say they go down and score, we have to be able to weather the storm because they're going to try to kill us at the beginning of the game. That's what good football teams do. That's what Georgia does to teams. Usually they kill you. They did it to Vanderbilt two weeks ago. They just annihilate them and then give them a chance to get back in the game. Uh, what Missouri did was stay in the game and they gave themselves a chance to win it though. They were playing at home. Uh, and they had and, and they, they forced some turnovers. So I don't know if we need maybe something that we kind of liked in the last, last couple of weeks. Besides, I think that uh, since uh, our corner Jaden Hill uh, picked six and then he sealed one, uh, we need some more of that. So uh, we need to do what we need to do and stay in the game. Mike, well, I was gonna sorry. I was gonna say we can't start slow. Uh, you know, can have, you know, once again, they're they're more talented football team overall. They are nicked up, luckily, and um, hopefully we can uh, take advantage of that. Um, have they are, you know, have one of the Tennessee type of game and just truly, you know, get them in a position where um, Stetson Bennett has to pass the ball and, you know, they can't just – they have to get out of their comfort zone. So if we, you know, start fast, you know, maybe get, you know, double-digit points in the first quarter, we can uh, get um, get control of the game and play our and play what play our our game. Mine uh, echoes off of what I said in my uh, things we need to do to beat Georgia was to get pressure on Stetson. Well, my thing we need to avoid is don't allow Stetson to break the pocket, which goes back to what I said about our guys need to be smart with how they handle their rush and, how you know, uh, keep the contain going. Speaking to you, Mr. Brenton Cox. Um, the kids got wheels, and God knows we say it. I feel like we say this every single episode now. Running quarterback kills us. And we just, for whatever reason, running quarterback is the kryptonite of, well, now we've got a few kryptonites, but <laughs> the running quarterback, to me, makes everything else that much harder. Um, need to see Armani, you know, Bernie have a great game, probably in a spiral at times. Uh, make the kid, make the kid have to throw the ball. That's all I can say is don't let him beat you with his feet. 
make him beat you with his arm. So, guys, we got a few general questions now that we're done with the pick six that we just want to go over real quick. That we just kind of want to kind of a little roundtable we're going to talk about before we get to our impact players. Um, and the first one being, can this Gator defense hang with and shut down Georgia enough to win this football game? Mike? Uh, um, actually, I, I believe they can, believe it or not. Um, they don't have a receivers, really, so we don't have to get worried about getting absolutely obliterated on the outside. I'm still having uh, nightmares from uh, those jump balls. Uh, with their running back by committee, and this bottom line, bottom line their um, O-line and running backs just being inferior than what they usually are, uh, and what you know, we have shown the ability from time to time to at least contain the run. Uh, we're not going to be, uh, we're not going to be. I don't see us getting manhandled up front. We do have some stud stud players with Gervin. You know, McClellan has been stepping up. We uh, Desmond, we have him to clog the middle, and also Brenton Cox. You know, he has something to prove with you know UGA being his old team. So. You know, we have we do have the bodies, and also uh, Bernie is a very athletic person who could possibly match up pretty decently with uh, uh, Bowers. So I, I think we have some of the Jimmys and Joes. So um, absolutely, I think we can. Wes, muted. Yeah, it, it depends on what um, I think our front four, maybe front seven, does, uh, meaning. If we continue to put Stetson in uh, thirds and longs and uh, contain him in the pocket, then maybe we ha- and we have to stop their run. So I think we, it can be done. I think giving us a week to uh, make some 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 changes, uh, to self scout, uh, to to talk to some guys. I think that will help us out. So uh, we have the guys to do it. I don't know about the depth of the guys, but as far as the starting eleven. Maybe we start in 10. <laughs> Maybe we do have a starting 10 that can do their job, but we need 11 guys to do to be on the same page. And I think you guys know what I mean when I say 11 guys on the same page and not 10. I think we have the ability. Um, let me say this. We need the effort that we had versus Utah in the opening game. I'm not going to say that Utah's offense and UGA, UGA offense is the same, but there are similarities. They have they had two very good tight ends. A smart quarterback that could run, that could make the passes when needed to. I mean, and Stetson may not even be as good as rushing was for Utah. Um, just more experience. Um, you know, and Utah obviously had a good running game. UGA's, I wouldn't put on the same. I mean, they're they're – they get a lot of their yards in in dead time when the other team is already destroyed and they're just trying to run the clock. I will say that having watched a lot of UGA football. It's going to take a very, very similar effort on all fronts to hang with UGA in this game. Now, granted, UGA has more athletes across the board. I mean, it's UGA versus Utah in recruiting classes are not even comparable, but the offensive, you know, firepower is a kind of the same as the way I look at it. Receivers aren't that great. Utah's receivers weren't that great. 
you just have to play, you know, a full 60 minute game. You can't have any lapses. And that's been our biggest problem is just, you can't have a third down off. You can't have missed assignments. And that's where I think, yeah, coming out of the bye week, I think that helps us tremendously. Some time to regroup, get yourselves together, get a two week game plan for what you want to do. Just got to execute. So that brings us to our next point that we wanted to talk about, guys, is how is Billy Napier coming off a bye week? This is our obviously our first time seeing Billy coming out of a bye week. And um, adjustments has been a question that we've raised pretty much every week on this show is, you know, halftime adjustments, in-game adjustments. Well, this is a bye week adjustment. You've got two weeks to prepare, watch film, let your team rest up a little bit and just figure out what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and make the changes. So, uh, Wes, do, uh, do you think you think we see a lot of changes coming out this week? I sure hope so. Um, I've been on Billy's uh, bandwagon as far as him being a long game type of guy, a methodical type of thinker, uh, a guy who makes adjustments. So I'm thinking uh, he sees the problem and the issues on that defense as well as those that need to be tweaked on our offense. You have a week to prepare for this game. Uh, there's some things that you can throw in through self-scouting that Georgia hasn't seen yet, uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, but since we're kind of talking more about Billy here offensively, so I would like to see some things that – some more – some innovative things that Georgia hasn't seen to uh, – that they, they're not looking for, maybe early in the game that you can get them on. Uh, through that self scouting, so um, I'm I'm big on him and uh, his ability to to make changes and, and self scout himself. So uh, I think he will show us some things uh, on Saturday. Mike, I think he's gonna do pretty well. Um, I say this because I think he hit a low at the Kentucky game. It was embarrassing to watch, and I'm still a little gas money, but. He has progressed. Um, I, he, it seems like he's truly, re, you know, reflecting and not just being stubborn. Like this is my way of the highway. No matter, you know, my personnel. Obviously, obviously, it's not perfect, but I'm only looking for pro- progression this season, and um, maybe not, you know, I, every, it's not every week exactly what I want, but you. It's it's okay. It's, that's normal. You don't always get what you want. So if you give him two weeks off and Kirby doesn't know, you know, what to expect truly, especially with his personnel, um, I'm I'm gonna bet Billy. I mean, I, I know they got Muschamp, they got Kirby, you know, but they're nicked up over there, and you know, I got faith in uh, Billy with the, with his buy. Yeah, I think you're definitely gonna see some. Um some changes and this uh, once again is where you have a staff of 700 people comes into play too you've got people breaking down film at all times you've got you know he's had people preparing for this game for for weeks don't get it wrong um so and he knows what wasn't working beforehand this is a time a two-week off period gives you time to kind of hit the brakes a little bit you can't it's harder to change week in to week out what you do because you only have so much time to do so. A two-week gap gives you time to say, all right, guys, we're going to throw this out the window and maybe put in a few new installs to try to run to throw these guys off. And this is a perfect opportunity 
because like, you know, Mike said, you're just looking to improve. And this season for the most part is a wash for the, I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't count. It's not important, but we knew we weren't winning championships this year. So, you know, do what you got to do, which leads us to our third point that we wanted to talk about was how aggressive will Billy be in this game? And with that being said, I mean, I'm going to throw it to Mike here, but I think you got to be all gas, no brakes, baby. Billy, Billy balls, baby. Pause, <laughs> Billy balls. I was at that ten, at that Tennessee game. That's what, that's what the section was calling Billy balls. This man's going to go for every fourth down. Got nothing to lose. We got nothing to lose. Playing with house money. You get embarrassed? Cool. 20, 22 and a half point underdogs. We're about to get the best player in the country. Got nothing to lose. So why not? That and if you in, in a robbery game, got nothing to lose. That's a, if you're the opposing team, and then you know they got they, they have talent, NFL talent. You, you you've seen what AR can do. Like that's kind of it's kind of scary. So um, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you have an onside kick. To be honest with you, open up with an onside kick. You laugh. I'm dead serious. I'm laughing because I didn't I didn't because I didn't think of that. But <laughs> that's why I laughed. You see what Sam Pippen did at Alabama? That game was over. Sam Pippen said, nah uh. Almost had my pick. I agree with you. That's why um you you brought the Tennessee game. And I can and I can see us on third and six on the plus. 45-yard line, run the ball, knowing that we're going to go for it on fourth. You know what I'm saying? So with that mindset, that knowing that you have four downs to get things uh, will change the way you call the game. It will uh, change the way the players feel about it. Because I I don't want to cuss because we don't cuss on the positive, but I I have to say I damn sure don't want to see no 47-yard field goals. I need us to be pushed like you you heard said, all gas, no brakes. I need uh, nothing outside forty. Scared money don't make money, Billy. In this game, yeah, because uh, I believe, like I said, we're going to be able to move the ball. It's all about finishing, and finishing to me is going forward on fourth and two. Now, fourth and ten stuffs to like twelve. That, that but on th- with third and six, I don't mind us running the ball, knowing we're going to go forward on fourth down. So those are the things that I, I, I'm probably going to see. So that you may fans you want to look out for if you like why do we run the ball on third and, and six and we got three yards because we're going to go for it on fourth down when we're on the plus side so uh, I agree with you totally Mike on that like I, I said it to begin with all gas no breaks I mean what Mike said it what do you got to lose man if you got plays in, uh, if you got uh, plays in your back pocket this is when you take those plays out. Empty the clip. Throw them out there, sprinkle some water on them, and let them bitches grow. Because, like, I, you know, if you got plays for Ricky Persall to get the ball in some kind of space, do some, you know, with his feet, you do it. Um, I mean, just whatever you got. Let AR just run that ball whenever he feels like he's going to run, needs to run that ball. He's had time now. His ankle should be a little bit more, you know, whatever injuries he was suffering from, he should be in pretty good shape from that. Um, injury report is clean. <clears throat> do it, baby. Do it to it all night long. And you know, as uh Lionel Richie like to say, <laughs> just run it, baby. Just do it. I don't want to see any kind of. I don't want to see eight. You know, six, seven, eight wide receiver screens. Get out there and 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 get funky with it, man. Make it weird. 
I don't have a problem with it. And I don't think most of Gator, Gator Nation would have a problem with it, to be very honest with you. House money. Hell, half the damn fan base says every week that he needs a play caller because he's not original. So, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, guys, um, we've reached uh, Wes's favorite segment, Impact Players. <laughs> we pick the player that we think will have the most impact on the game this week. And because it's Wes's favorite segment, we're going to let him go first. Who do you pick, Lady Gaga? Nah, I'm going with the, the O-line, man. The tailgates. How, it's, okay, it's impact player. That's singular. But they say five is one, Five Mike. people, Wes. This, don't they? It's, it's their singular. model is five one. I'm glad we didn't get, you know, I'm, I'm oh. really glad we moved on from a coach. I mean, but do I need, do we need to I have five like, most guys? I, I thought they meant. I thought they said five is one. Oh if I got to pick one guy, if I'll, I'll pick one. I'll go with Kingsley. He's been getting whipped. He's been, very, <laughs> he's been very, very underwhelmed. He has to do better, uh, especially if Jalen Carr is not in there at, at, uh, at uh, D-tackle. Then he has, to, he, he has to control the game for us and give our running backs. Those third and sevens I was talking about going for it, we have to dominate in the run game. That's going to be our key to winning. Uh, and it starts up front with Kingsley. He can't let those nose tackles. I don't want to see Montreal and ETN getting hit in the backfield. At least let them get past the, the lot of yard of scrimmage. I don't want to see and, Kingsley and, and running a quarterback. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he has to. He has to do better, man. I was high on him. Uh, I know. I think he got hurt last year, but I saw some things early and uh, two years ago from that. Okay, th- this may be a guy for a couple years for us. But uh, last couple weeks, I've been seeing. I'm. Too many D tackles, even against Kentucky. I remember that game. He was he had somebody in the backfield. He was horrible. So he has to improve, uh, and he and he can give us a chance to win this game. It starts with him control because I don't have no doubt that uh, uh, Ethan White and Torrance is going to do their jobs. He just has to do his. Mike uh, alluded to it previously. It's going to be Brent Cox for me. Uh, it's his final. Um, it's going to be his final game uh, face, facing uh, Georgia. He's definitely not a Kirby fan, and if I remember correctly, part of the reason why we got him is because we get to, he gets to face Georgia each year. So uh, I foresee him obviously, you know, losing contain, but a lot of times you can coaches don't really care as long as you get some sacks. I actually see him getting two sacks this, this game and actually finishing on uh, Stetson Bennett. Pauls, oh, damn! <laughs> oh um, man! Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going with the big back, Montreal Johnson. Um, this is a big boy ball game. Um, this is where you put all those G5, yeah, all those, you know, small town, small ball game, you know, labels to rest. You get out there, pound it between the, the offensive line and get big yards in a big game. This is a game where he can make his name across the country. I'd love to see Montreal with a hundred plus on the you know in the game, maybe a big run to in a big time. Got to see it, man. Got to got to keep that ball moving. Got to pound the rock. All right, guys, it's it's that our favorite time score predictions where we always get it wrong, but we keep trying week to week. How much were we how much we winning by today, Wes? Now Wes is going to go last. Me and you are going to okay. go first okay. this week. He requested this. Um, oh, so nice. Mike, go ahead and give us your prediction. Got us, uh, got us losing forty-one to twenty-three. 
fake ass fan. Hey man, <laughs> got to keep it a buck. Got to keep it a buck. Yeah, I'm gonna this go. This is the only loss I had all year. I'm gonna go 38-24 UGA. Um, I, I do think we keep it interesting for a while. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we come back and make it interesting. I still don't think we have the horses to, to kind of keep going with this. And, you know, obviously our defense hasn't shown me enough to make, make me feel like we can keep them under 30. So um, that's what I'm going to go with. Two touchdown loss. Hopefully one's late to kind of just in garbage time. But, Wes, we don't call you the hype man for nothing, buddy. Let us have it. Yeah, you you two guys, first time all year you guys picked us to lose a game. Y'all know I'm not going there. I can't. I, I would not go there. We kicked two field goals in this game, one before the half, in the half, and one at the end of the game. That's the only two field goals I want to see all game. We're going to win this game 27-24. We end Georgia's quest for back-to-back because they'll lose again. We're going to give them their first loss because if they only have one loss on the year and win the SEC championship game, they're gone. So we're going to give them that first loss. They're going to lose to Tennessee or Alabama to get their second loss, and that's it. That's that's all she wrote for Georgia and their quest for back-to-back. We started, and we're going to give it to them. Yeah, we, we beat them first. Even if they beat Tennessee, they're going to lose to Alabama. If they lose to Tennessee, then it's over for them. So we start the first <laughs> loss of two that they're going to have. Mike, I know you're trying to see how the numbers go, how, how you calculate it, but they're not going to the playoff, and we're going to be the reason to start his we head's got about to 27-24, two field goals. We get one, and it might be Trey Smack this week. He might be the kicker this week. He's going to hit one at the end of the half, the long leg. AR is going to get us a drive right before the half. That'll be the first one. And it might be the second one, too. It might be a this little a detailed long breakdown. Ooh, so I'm close. giving y'all the keys to the game. So when we have to put that on our YouTube and, and we have to put that on Facebook and Rich, y'all, y'all heard it here first. Trey Smack, okay. play of the game. Man, that's a Mountain Dew. My God, Spider Monkey! Guys, we got through the whole we got through the whole UGA breakdown, and West didn't call Kirby a sucker one time. (laughs) I say that for Sunday's raw reaction. You you call yourself a fan. You picked up. I thought you said. So what you're saying is, is you believe the sucker is going to be overlooking. The Florida Gators. Yeah, they're going to be the Tennessee I, matchup. I, I, I think they look. They play. The good thing for us is they play Tennessee next week, and that may help us in them looking overlooking us. So I, I think we'll be good. I'm all for it. Well, if we win, guys, you heard it here first. Wes, 27-24, picking Florida to beat Georgia. If he gets it, he hosts the show next week. Not really, <laughs> but whatever. All right, guys. <laughs> that's all guy. we got for Georgia like hate week. Hopefully uh, we're, all our points come to fruition and everything goes the way we want it to go. And boy, I tell you what, it'd be a huge victory, but if it doesn't go our way, stay calm. Remember what we're doing here. Remember what we're up against and, um, you know, stay rational. You know, we're good at doing that. All right, guys. It's time for the weekly pickums every week. Here we go. Last week, man, Hershey's got to quit going easy on you guys. That's all I'm about to say out loud right now. Um, Hersh Hersh was the only person, and I said it on the 
I said it during the pickums that I picked Miami as a reverse jinx, and they and they damn lost. So you're welcome, everyone. Um, while the rest of them picked Duke, I had an easy one in the bag, and I let it go. So with that being said, Hirsch went six and four last week, bringing his record on the year from to fifty five and twenty five. Our boy Mike went seven and three, bringing his record to fifty one and twenty nine. And West, the hype man, brought his record was eight and two, bringing his record to fifty one twenty nine, pulling even with Mike. Still sitting four games back of the Hirsch, and our guest picker Connor. Eight and two on the week as well. Good job, Connor. Big shout out to you. Only games he missed was UCLA and uh and Ole Miss getting upset. You really Those are my two losses too. Yep. So what you're saying, Wes, is that you piggybacked on Connor's. Uh, nah, he picked after me on those. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go, guys. We got a crappy slate of games this week. Uh, a lot of teams on by, so. We're gonna we're gonna find out who knows ball as always this week, guys, with some of these picks. But here we go, right off the rip. Probably the biggest matchup of the week, if you can call it that. Ohio State at Penn State. Wes. I'll keep it short. Buckeyes. Mike. James Franklin. Buckeyes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I need the helmet, man. Where the, give me the helmet. Buckeye. Slap that damn thing on there. Ohio State, man, they got to play the easiest damn conference in the whole planet. That's terrible. All right. Because they're ranked, I'm putting it out here. Could Tennessee be overlooking next week's matchup with UGA as Kentucky comes to town? Well, I think we already know Mike's answer because we know Will Levis is still the quarterback <laughs> there in Kentucky. So, Mike, go ahead and tell us anyway. Well, last time I checked, Will Levis is bad at football. Um, and Tennessee is not. So I'm going hmm. to go with the balls. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, I've been on the, the hype as a good coach thing for a while now. And I'm even though I hope Kentucky – yeah, I've told, I've told you, me and you've had this conversation about hype and you – even before we did the podcast. Yeah, you said that. You know how I felt about Hyper. Anyways, anyways. But I'm going with Hyper. I hope Kentucky wins. I hate Tennessee, but I'm a believer in Hyper, so I'm I'm, going to continue with Tennessee. Yeah, I got to go with Tennessee as well. I think this this one's going to get ugly, boys, real fast. Um, the only thing that might happen good in this game is Tennessee's got bad pass defense, so Will Levis may put up a few numbers that make the uh, people that think he's a top-five pick even more proud of themselves. <laughs> All right, Ole Miss looks to rebound as they visit uh, Jimbo's, you know, marshmallow Dumpster roast fire. down there in College Station. Like I've, ahead, been on the, like I've been on the hyper train, I've been way been off – on the Jimbo train, and they get another loss. More players talk about entering the portal, all that stuff that they got going down there. So I'm going back with uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you there, Mike. Oh, man, I apologize. <laughs> going with, I'm going with uh, Joey Freshwater. 
guys, I posed this question to y'all when A&M played Alabama, if, if Jimbo's seat was going to start getting hot. I know he's got a lot of money on the damn contract, but boy, I tell you right now. I think next year would be hot. I think they're going to hire, they're going to make him give up some responsibilities. I could see it, but I'm going to tell you right now, this season's got Dan Mullen territory written all over it right now. Um, The wheels are coming off the old train pulling into college station about as fast as they can, you know, come off. Ole Miss rolls. All right. Back up north, Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, Mike, it's your go. Mel's never lost to – I don't think he's never lost to Michigan. But, I, anyways, I like his record against them. Um, Mich- Michigan's obviously like top five, top ten in the country. I'm going, I'm going with Sparty. Ooh, there's the wrist pick. Oh, my God. Boy, if they win – that might replace his uh, Appalachian State upset now that Texas a and looks so terrible. Fuck <laughs> hey, uh, Vegas, not me. Wes, Michigan State, Michigan. Yeah, I'm going with uh, khaki pants. I'm going to go with Harbaugh <laughs> on this one. Um, khaki pants. Michigan State is a bad, bad football team this year, so I'm going with Michigan. Yeah, I, Meat Chicken is going to lose a game of – here at some point, but it ain't going to happen this week. Michigan. All right. Okay. Okay. Enjoy being in last place next week. All right. Cincinnati's coming on down to visit Mike's favorite stadium, the Bounce House in Orlando. (laughs) Cincinnati at UCF. UCF off a fresh loss to East Carolina last week. Wes. I like Luke, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati. They lost a lot of players this year, and uh, everybody thought they they, they, could have, they took a step back, of course, going to playoffs last year, but uh, they've been a steady good football team, so I'm going with Cincinnati. Mike? This is going to be a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> one team's coach, well, the other coach team has Gus Malzahn. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, I wouldn't pick UCF if they were playing uh, Furman or Elon or any other damn team on the planet. So, roll Cincy. That means they'll win because we all picked them watch. <laughs> That's generally how it goes, but damn it, we're going to go down with our pride. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't remember that. All right. Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Boy, I tell you, this is a rotten slate of games. This one's good, Wes- though. Yeah, it's a pretty decent little game. I'm, I don't. Those are my teams. I've been riding with both of those teams. They haven't let me down. I'm scared, man. Um, shucks, man. I'm going with no. Excuse me, this is Kansas State. I'm thinking about TCU. My bad. I'm going with Oklahoma State. My bad. I almost tripped up. Rookie. Going with Gundy. Mike. Okay, State. Go Pokes. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Barry Sanders University all the way, baby. (laughs) Oklahoma State, baby. All right. I wouldn't even put this one on here, but things are starting to get interesting. Miami at Virginia. (laughs) I could just – Another road game for the Hurricanes. 
um, every week. <laughs> Mike? So you mean just a game? Yeah, it's just a game. Yeah. Go oh, oh, Cavaliers. <laughs> they called me a madman when I picked the, 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 the Dukies. We're picking another another, another uh, basketball Everybody school. Everybody else here called everyone else but me picked Duke to beat them in that game. <laughs> called you a madman. Go ahead, Wes. Tell us about that good Miami defense one more time. Hey, they held <laughs> North Carolina. They held North Carolina. It wasn't that. It wasn't the defense. Uh, they didn't give up like forty, like we we thought they might have. Um, oh, Virginia is so bad. So is Miami. This is a crazy game, man. I'm gonna go with uh, Virginia's home, even though Miami's used to playing on the road. I'm gonna still go with Virginia. <laughs> Miami is catching L's until further notice. Um, I, you, Mario's got to show me. And um, you turn the ball eight times. You turn the ball over eight times versus Duke in your quote unquote home stadium. I got no love for you on Tobacco Road. <laughs> so go for it, Virginia, yeah, baby. Yeah, they're coming off eighteen penalties and then eight uh, eight turnovers, and now they have a, a first first game starter. All right, back to SEC country for these next ones. First and foremost, Missouri at South Carolina. Wes, I know you hate South Carolina. Man, South Carolina has a chance to be six and two before they play us. Something, something. They didn't win the next two. They'll be like six and two. So I, uh, they have a lot of momentum. It's hard, hard to play down there in that stadium. Like very, very hard to play in Williams Bryce. So all them uh, cock noises. Yeah, that's thanks to Spurrier. He did that. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, USC. Go ahead, Mike. Tell us how about that that Arizona quarterback's gonna fare this week. Well, the Arizona quarterback, if you look, he he played like an Arizona quarterback as late. Not played well, but they have won the ball game. So uh, Beamer, you know, is not the greatest coach, but he's got a lot of energy. He's got those got those boys playing well. I mean, like Wes was saying, they they have the momentum right now. So I'm going uh, South Carolina. Over uh, over Dick and Dunk. Yeah, I said six and two. They have the chance to be seven and two before we play them. They got That's a, that means it's week. an upset. All right. One more SEC game. Arkansas at Auburn. Did you pick? Oh, my bad. I didn't pick. I apologize. Yeah, I'm going with South Carolina all the way in that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good. I'm glad you threw it out there so nobody could say I had to forfeit a pick next week. Though. So, yeah, South Carolina – in their stadium all the way. Go ahead, Mike. Arkansas at Auburn. The rude sandstorm, by the way. All right. Well, Auburn has the worst coach, Power Five, Harson, Brian Harson. So I'm going to go with uh, Pick Suey, Sam Pittman. Wes, I have to ask just because it's formality, but I know where you're rolling. Yeah, you know I'm rolling with Sam. Man, oh my gosh. You would think. Like Sam Pittman is like Wes's uh god uh, god uncle or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just saw a statue one day. Yeah, uh Auburn is god awful at American football. Give me Arkansas. Um all right. Due to the lack of good games, this tenth one's gonna be a tricky one like we did a couple of weeks ago. But this week, the over and under, the over under for Florida Georgia is set at fifty six and a half points, guys. 
So we're going to say, are we going to hit over or under on this one? Heavy over. You got the over? Mike's got the over. over. Wes, over or under 56 and a half points? Well, I have to go by my score prediction, so it's going to be under. Yes, you do. I knew that. two field goals. Yep. That's a lot of points, man. Even if we lose 40 to 20 or 45 to 20, you still lose. <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get like, our points and they're like going to get their Yeah. We're going to get our points, they're going to get their points. Uh I don't think 56 and a half is that far of a stretch. So without a doubt, I'm going over and this game will be 16 to 13 at the end. So cuz God knows if whatever can happen like we said with the LSU game, we all said under and that went to crap in a handbag. So <laughs> Guys, another fantastic show, another great episode, tons of information. We hope y'all enjoy everything that we bring to the table for y'all each and every week. Um, We just kind of keep trying to up the ante every week. As the boy Mike always says, you know, we it's a lifestyle. If you're not uh, getting better, Mike. You're getting, you're getting worse. <laughs> that's the man saying. He's, it's, his, it's his mantra. He lives by it. You should probably do the same. So, guys, <laughs> anything y'all want to add before we jump? I'll be in the trenches. I forgot about that, guys. I'm so sorry. Mike will be in the trenches in the streets of uh, of Jacksonville this week. Wish him well. Tell him to get a tetanus shot. All that good stuff gets funky get, down there. I'll get a B12 shot. Get ready to go. Might be some wild videos on deck this week. Make sure you check all our social medias for videos dropping this weekend. Yes, sir. And you don't you you got anything else you want to drop for us, Mike? Yeah, Bateman's got us. That's right, Bateman's and, got us. And uh, and friendly reminder that Wes was wrong about the old line recruit, commit uh, recruiting. Oh Lord, uh uh-uh, uh, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. I'm cutting it out. I'm cutting it, it out. Right There's a statement. Cutting it off. He's cutting you off. Cut his mic. <laughs> all right, guys. Before I kick it to Wes, I want to say one more time, thank you so much for all your support on the last episode. We did great, great numbers. The show continues to grow, and it's all because of y'all's love and support. We couldn't do this without you. Um, And it's what we do for, man. We love the comments. We love the feedback. Please make sure – when you go and download this episode from wherever you get your podcast from, you leave us a review. Uh, and if you watch it on YouTube, leave us a comment. Tell us what you think about it. Um, if you think me and Mike are fake fans for picking UGA to win, let us know. We accept the criticism. If you think Wes is a sunshine pumper, let him know, man. We live I will with gladly it all. Enga- I will gladly engage. He will gladly take all your comments. But just a reminder, guys, we're available wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you go give us a download. Make sure you hit us up on YouTube at Respect Our Decision. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so that you get a notification every time we upload new content each and every week. And um, as always, if you'd like to support us as creators, check us out on Patreon. Respect Our Decision. Every dollar that we earn, we throw back into the show to make it better and better for you guys so that you enjoy your listening experience. And with that being said, guys, we're going to kick it to West. So we take us home. Appreciate it. Hirsch. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I forgot to mention this too. Uh, Sunday, we will do, you know, we're going to do our raw reaction. Um, so I will, like we did last time, we may poll a couple questions on our Twitter page and our Facebook page, answer some of you guys' questions. So uh, any concerns or things you may have that we will pull. Uh, some of you guys sometimes ask the same question, so we'll just combine it. Uh, but thank you guys for your input back into it. So we try to keep you guys involved too. Um, but as we end the show, as usual, uh, we support our troops here. So uh, if you know anyone that uh, is a veteran or maybe a veteran yourself and you're trying to uh, have questions maybe about benefits and how that process works, please contact us and, uh, and, and, and ask the question and we will get back to you with answers uh, in a timely fashion. We thank you. We support our troops and go Gators. And for the record, we had to flip somebody. So go ahead, Hirsch. <laughs> commit to commit, baby. Cutting y'all off. End of the night. Gator Nation, we love y'all. We thank you for all the support. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.